This is Josh Emmerich, and you're listening to the Master of One podcast. You can find me online at emmerich.co. Another episode of the Master of One podcast, the podcast that just got its learner's permit. Part one this week, we talk about the Widow's Wood, Black Box, and Baby Driver. And we welcome back Andrew Cole for Calculated Comics with Cole. I'm Andrew, your Master of Art and Design. I'm Patrick, your Master of Television and Film. And I'm Luke, your Master of Toys and Games. So hop in the driver's seat, because it's time to get away into another episode. Where are my headphones? every episode off by going around the table which is where we talk about something new fun and noteworthy about our weeks patrick you look like a guy who's had something so exciting happen this week that you could barely wait to tell us it's taken all my energy it was just (laughs) it was just too much fun and now it's just impossible to even talk about all right do tell okay luke you know i i do have an awesome story so have y'all got to heard (laughs) (laughs) the <laughs> <laughs> much drink in mouth <laughs> I, uh, I thought it was super safe I thought it was super safe to take a drink because you were going to start telling the story little did oh, I know man. <laughs> you were going to be an idiot what an idiot um <laughs> Have y'all heard the Jedi uh, Robbie story yet? I don't know. Okay, so number one, we found out how to pronounce his name. Uh, it is none of the ways we thought. It's it's like Robbie's. Um, from a, like, co- oh, from yeah. a couple of weeks you know, ago. Like we Robbie's, the normal thing Jed- of Robbie's. <laughs> yeah, it's what you'd expect. <laughs> Multiple isn't. guys named Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, no, he, uh, so I got a really cool gift from him this, this week. So uh, he... Uh, is it like people it, that like... Broccoli Rob? Is that what you call him? Robbie's? You know, you know it's funny. I actually <laughs> learned what Broccoli Rob was this week. Okay. I thought Broccoli Rob was like a pasta dish. Yeah. I, like, I thought I could, like, go to a restaurant and order. You could probably get that at Olive Garden, honestly. <laughs> yeah, the Broccoli Rob. I'll take uh, the Broccoli Rob, and he'll have the... And the soup and the zupa de scana. The yeah. gabagook. But it's actually just, like, janked-up-looking broccoli. Okay. It's like a vegetable. Bro- no, Broccoli Rob is a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Broccoli is. Rob. No, okay. it is. Broccoli Rob is a person. You, you He's a character. The office. You do know Broccoli Rob is actually a vegetable, right, Andrew? Yeah, it doesn't look like broccoli, though. It's, it's spelled R-A-B-E, Broccoli Rob. Okay, but Broccoli Rob is a character from The Office. Yeah. I'm not he went, doubting. He went, to, <laughs> he went to, uh, where did he go? Cornell. What, Cornell. Cor- Cornell. Ever heard of it? Yeah, we're watching. Oh, my gosh. I we're watching it right now. I couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since both of us obviously say, had. I was going to say Stanford. I'm like, ah, that's not it. We digress. Anyway, all right. What, what did you do, Luke? Stop. <laughs> let's let's please stay on task. So the point is, uh, yeah, broccoli Rob. I know what it is. But um, so uh, Jedi went to Disneyland and he got me a, a like a super cool gift. Um, the deal is, Jedi bought, bought one of the coloring books, and I've been doing the fulfillment for those. So if you have a question about how you do fulfillment, um. I, I guess you just ask me to do it, and I'll take care of it. And that's what's been happening. And so he had my address. Unless it's for us. <laughs> uh, unless I'm sending something to you guys, and you'll never get it. But if I'm sending something like some, like a paying customer, then for sure they'll get it very quickly. So he got the coloring book. But if it's book. just multiple thousands of dollars worth of equipment and artwork nah, that is it. staying securely in Patrick's apartment. <laughs> yeah, that's not going anywhere. So, no, he bought a coloring book, so he had the address. So he wanted to send something to us, like to the podcast, uh-huh. but he only had my address. Yeah. So he sent something to me. So it worked out great. And what he actually sure. did, he went to he went to Disney and um, he bought a Mickey caramel apple. And he put it in a, one of those styrofoam-like food shipping boxes mm-hmm. along with like an ice pack, and he mailed it to me. <laughs> and so I got, awesome. to en- I got to enjoy a Mickey caramel apple, 
And then he also sent a card with it, and he sent like a Club 33 napkin and some stuff like that. And uh, it was just a really cool, like, I don't know, maybe maybe read us the card. Since you got to eat the entire apple, maybe just read us the card. What did he send for us? very personal. You threw it away, didn't you? No, it's laying back there, but my headphone cord won't reach to go get it. So okay. uh, he said some wonderful things. Yeah, it's like the Mitch Hedberg, like uh, uh, you know, if I think of a soon, joke that's funny, I write too it down. Soon. Unless the pin's too far away, then I convince myself it wasn't funny. Yeah, that's yeah. what's happening. The card is too far away. Uh, so it wasn't good, is what you're saying. So it wasn't that analogy. great. Of a, so, sorry, Jedi Robbie. Not yeah. not that great of a card. So anyway, it's a super great gift. So beyond that, the other thing happening in, in, in life is that we just experienced the finale of Silicon Valley. And uh, with that, Oh, we, I haven't seen it yet. Well, do you, know, I have. do you know the news outside of that, Andrew? Do you know the thing that's happening next year? There no, is a, I don't. Can I say or is, are you telling me is I can't gonna say? Is it going to ruin something in the episode, uh, for the episode for me? It's just going to ruin something in your life. Then no, don't say it. Can you, I'm being serious. Can you mute this and let me tell? Can I say it? Because I think this needs to be mute on the yourself. Mute yourself. <laughs> I, I don't All right, know. Just wave, wave when you're done. Okay. Just wave well, when you're done. Andrew is going Go headphones off. Okay, so I assume you can't hear me. Ehrlich Bachman is not returning to the show next year. Yeah. They decided to part ways, and so he will no longer be a So apparently he's going to. That's definitely re- a spoiler that he would not want to hear, just so you know. Oh, I, I know that, but I'm saying it doesn't say what happened in the episode. It's right, just. Right. You have to imagine something did happen. But the idea is they were going to reduce his role to down to just a couple episodes every, uh, I mean, a couple episodes every season. So there's normally, I think, nine episodes in a season. And he was only going to maybe be in like three or four. And then he just said instead, um, just let's just call it. This is season four. So he might come back for season nine or 10. Do you guys realize how many hand gestures you do that look like you're waving? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when you can't hear, you yeah. guys talk he with doesn't, your hands. He doesn't so have his quick. headphones on, so he still can't hear us, but he can talk to Please us. We just cover our mouth like this so he can't I'm, see. I know. I'm trying to. So anyway, that, <laughs> You're not looking at the mics. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, sorry. So anyway, the point is uh, Silicon Valley, uh, the finale, I, I don't think the season ended as strongly as it began, so I've been a little bit let down with it, but that being said, um, all very good. Of course, don't love the news, but I'm sure it'll still be great, so... Yep, that's it. So, Luke, why don't you take it since Andrew is not getting the sign now? That's fine. Uh, having a hard time trusting. Yeah, yeah. No, you're fine. <laughs> We're done. Okay. Um, all right. I will take it. Um, so this week, uh, this weekend, I tore down my deck out back and my fence out back. They're gone. We have a dumpster in the driveway. I tore all those down. Uh, and our, our backyard looks huge now because there's... Because it's no three fence. people's backyard? Yeah. <laughs> the boys have free reign of that side of the, the street in the backyard. Um, <laughs> no, so we did that, and that was uh, that was fun. It was a lot of work. Some guys from a uh, small group came over and helped me do that, so that was sweet. Um, other than that, I have uh, I've been watching Paragon qualifiers, so the, the North American qualifiers for Paragon. Uh, the MOBA that I talked about a couple of weeks ago, I've been playing a lot. Uh, they have the qualifi- qualifiers now. I've been watching those, so that's kind of fun if you like We're that We're not going to laugh at that. We're not going to laugh at <laughs> qualifiers. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, um, Patrick, come on. Let's get, let's get serious. <laughs> yeah, let's get serious. We don't make jokes. Um, and the other thing I started watching was uh, – into the Badlands. So it's an AMC show. Um, there's two seasons. Uh, I don't know if season two is going on right now or it just ended. Um, but I just started. It's on uh, season one is on Netflix. And have either of you watched it or know what it's about at all? No, I, okay. I've literally seen the artwork for the series and that's it. Okay. Oh, I've seen I've seen lots of like you know, previews and it's all, sure. it always came on right after walking dead. So I saw the first like 30 seconds of it. Sure. Okay. So the idea is it's, it's post-apocalyptic. Um, guns have been outlawed and there's this area called the badlands that like six b- different barons run. So they're like the heads, these like, uh, the heads of certain sections of land. Um, and it's the story of this, uh, bodyguard or regent as he's called, who uh, finds this boy um, that's special, and uh, kind of the story unfolds from there. So it's it's that's pretty broad and vague. Uh, I don't want to give anything away, but um, 
it's cool. It's a lot of like uh, fighting, uh, like really. It's a very stylized show, but very choreographed, like intense fight scenes. Um, the acting's okay. Uh, there's some people that are just over the top. Some people are a little underwhelming. But for the most part, with the action and the story tied together, uh, I can look past it, um, and it looks good. It's shot well. The sound is good and everything. Um, so I started watching it, and it's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, it's on Netflix and then AMC. I don't know when season two will come on Netflix. Um, but if you watch it, let me know what you think. Uh, and if you haven't seen it yet, check it out because it's kind of cool. But that was so, pretty much my week. Luke, I'm curious. Do you think that you're going to miss not having that fence back there? Nope. Okay. Would you say that the show is Is that like, the last thing um, you remember hearing? No, yeah, I, I heard all that bad <laughs> just woke up. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, Luke, um, the show kind of looks uh, Tarantino-esque by the commercials. Yeah. Is it kind of like that? It kind of reminds me of Kill Bill. Uh, yeah, like, well, um, yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of like sword fighting and martial arts. Um, yeah. but it is more stylized to, um, something like, like Westworld or, or, um, gotcha. or Game of Thrones where it's, it's very much a, a different world. Like there, you see kind of like the leftovers of our world. Um, yeah. the houses that these barons live in look like, um, it looks like it takes place like somewhere the in the Midwest dead. or in the, you know, mid South. It's like, uh, kind of like plantation style houses and stuff like that, uh, or big kind of mansions, kind of sprawling fields and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not really like, uh, you, I, you, you don't see any like cities. They're not in like rundown cities or anything like that. Okay. But it's cool. cool. Yeah. All right, who are you tossing it to? Yeah, you're rounding it out, bro. See, I didn't hear any of Patrick's around the table, so I, as far as I know, he <laughs> hasn't gone yet. Um, I uh, So this week uh, I was traveling and was on vacation, and it was nice, relaxing. I got to do a lot of stuff. Um, but a couple of things that I, that I kind of took away, um, physically took away, uh, I talked a couple of weeks ago about Gravity Falls, and I loved the show, and now Shandra is, like, hooked on the show as well. In fact, she, like, texted me the other day. She was like, I like – uh, Grunkle Stan's wallpaper in his kitchen. Like, I want that. <laughs> like, okay, it's an animated TV show, but cool. Um, but I found these uh, when I was on vacation. I found these when we were on our pursuit for Joy-Cons. Uh, we found these blind bags of Gravity Falls. Okay. And they're super cool. They look like um, – so Gravity Falls, it takes place in the Mystery Shack, um, which is in Gravity Falls, Oregon. And it's just like this – tourist trap of like oddities yeah. and weird things so there's lots of specimen jars and lots of you know um cages where stuff you know lit, quote unquote lives but anyway these um i got i found out that they had these little toys and they're little blind bag toys of the characters in specimen jars yeah and i got a little carried away they snap <laughs> yeah. together like that yeah, they snap together, so oh, I can cool. kind of put them in any kind of combination I want to. Um, I was that's only all of them, missing. Right? So, so what, did I you got just all buy everything they had? Uh, not everything they had. They, there were still a few left, um, <laughs> but I bought a lot of them, and I've got uh, the only one that's missing. I got a couple of. Uh, I have two Mabels. I have two uh, Waddles, which is the pig, and I have two of the 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 uh, barfing gnomes. Okay, which are awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, the only character I didn't get was Grunkle Stan. So naturally, I went to eBay. Is that the only figure you're missing? Him. Yes. Oh, wow. How so, much was it on eBay? He was $7. And they pay, you pay six ninety for them in retail. So it was, yeah, six, it was $7 so you get them with at? shipping. Hot, uh, hot Topic. Mm, okay. I was going to say, actually, they are $5.52 on Hot Topic Online right now. So if you check the but show notes. But they're just blind box, though, right? Yeah, they're, they're just blind, yeah, they're blind bags, so you're you don't know what you're getting. In fact, the first five I bought, the first five I bought, uh, I got two duplicates. I got two waddles and two um, barfing gnomes. How many did you the first leave five. there? I left five there. So, do you think Grunkle Stan was in there? Oh yeah, I'm I'm confident that he was. But I went back and said, "Hey, do you trade? Like, do, will you trade a you know?" Uh, we trade for one, and she was like, "We don't do that." 
I'm like, okay, whatever. So, but anyway, I got Grunkle Stan for the same cost that I would have paid for him in the store anyway. And sure. it's going to be shipped to my house, so I'm not terribly worried about it. But if you have some, um, if you're trying to collect them and you want, uh, you're in need of a Waddles or a Mabel or a Barfing Gnome, um, hit me up. and Everybody uh, could use a Barfing you know, Gnome. The Barfing Gnome is actually super fun. But anyway, I've got those. Those are super fun. They're super cool. I just dropped uh, one stack of them. They just fell all over my desk. <laughs> so um, I'm actually in the I'm in the market for a whole new set now because I just broke those. <laughs> um, but here's the other thing. So um, we ha- when you go on uh, trips, do you suspend your mail? No. No? Never? No. My oh. in-laws live right on the corner. Okay. And Patrick, they suspend his mail anyway, just on a normal day. So <laughs> um <laughs> We haven't we haven't done a vacation like to me, I think you have to be gone more than four days for it to really matter. Yeah. So I don't think we've ever been on a vacation long enough that we needed to. Gotcha. Well we were gone for ten days, so that did warrant uh, almost eleven days. That so that did warrant sure. um putting our mail on hold. So what that turns into is I get back over the vac- over the, the weekend and the mail doesn't come until Monday. Today I got a stack of mail and I was like ecstatic about it. Yeah. Um, lots bills. of little things that um, – yeah, I don't know about bills because I just don't <laughs> look at those. But there was a couple of fun packages and one of those packages is um, for all of us. So uh, I got something in the what, mail. What you going to share with us? Patrick just keeps it for himself. I was going to say I think you should just wait till next week to tell us. I, so you feel you, better about You've already life? talked so much anyway. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go um, ahead. So I, Luke and I got a package in the mail, and there it's super cool. Uh, our buddy Josh Emrick yeah. uh, sent some things, and so he sent a tube. Now, the tube was just addressed to me, which makes me wonder if you guys are getting a tube as well. But I got a tube with um, some of the campy creatures' prints in it. Nice. Um, so I got a blob, an invisible creature, and, or the invisible man, and then the alien. So I imagine if we're going to divvy those up. Um, Luke would get the invisible man. Patrick would be the alien naturally. And then I would get the blob. Yeah. Um, if we were just going to divvy those up. Um, but then today, so that actually came right before I left. That came, uh, literally the day that I left. Isn't the blob like level one? No, it's zero. Know. It's a zero. I mean, zero. <laughs> Thank you. But All right, go ahead. But it's incredibly colorful. Well, it gets, and, it morphs uh, and picks whatever creature it wants to, right? Yeah. I'm like a chameleon. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, today, what came in the mail? A secondary prize, and I wasn't uh, expecting. Um, I did kind of know the prints were coming based on a conversation that he and I had had, but I did not know that this was coming. I got... Uh, hey. hey! Yeah, so we got uh, some I campy creatures. I picked the one in your left hand. Blind, this one right here? Yeah, open it. Okay. Blind bag. So, Patrick, which one? No, you don't get to pick. I'm going to pick one. Um, yeah, just so, give me the leftovers. Yeah, so uh, we got blind box uh, enamel pins from Campy Creatures. I'm opening Luke's right now. Um, and they're, this isn't all that we got either. Uh, you got the mummy. Oh, that It actually one's matches awesome. your Cavs hat. Yeah. It's like the exact oh, color combo exactly as your Cavs good. hat right now. That's nice. Okay, so and it Luke's looks like got- Invisible Creature, like his brother. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. The logo for Invisible see. Creature. Good point. Yeah. And let's see. These are little you, packages are cool, though, yeah. by the way. If you, they, are they, you like opening yours? Remind me of the cases that um, you get, like, disposable earplugs in. Like, sometimes they have those, it, those in those kind of cases. Okay. So these are the two that I just opened, and I'm going to pick which one I want, and then Patrick gets whatever's left over. Um, these are insanely cool. I'm just going to keep both of them. But – uh the Invisible oh, Man and good. Invisible the Beast. Man's great. Yeah. Gosh, they're so good. The colors are great. They're like simplified versions of the characters from the game. Patrick, which one would you want of those two? Invisible Man. Yeah. Just take it. It's so, fine. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> no, no, no. Patrick can have the Invisible Man. That's fine. Um, I'll get the Beast. He's super cool. Now, wait um, a second. If I get the Invisible Man print, I want the pin. So we'll just trade. Yeah, we'll, okay, fi- we'll figure it out. We, we are all gentlemen. Yes. yes. So well, on the back of the package, it's cool. It shows all the different characters uh, that you can get. Yeah. Um, and there's a mystery. Oh, there's thing. a mystery one. Demogorgon. I'm going to. Oh, I bet you it is the Demogorgon. Yeah. So speaking of, he also sent a crap load 
of stickers uh, hey. for each of us. Oh so we each God. get several sticker packs. Oh, my. Um, and this is all from Demi- Mr. J. Imrick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Josh. Man, There's the Demogorgon. It says mouth breather on it. <laughs> um, so it's it's great. If you haven't seen Campy Creatures, first of all, then you've missed lots of our episodes because we <laughs> talked about it a number of times. Um, but uh, go back and listen to the episode with Josh Emmerich. I'm excited to it have it. It is a fun game. It's yeah. really fun. Um, they're in the final stages of production. Yeah. Uh, I've been getting those updates. But Patrick is going to put the uh, link to that episode with Josh Emmerich on the show notes. You can go listen to that episode. But go pick up some swag from him. This stuff is great. It's super fun. It's super cool. And it's not expensive, which is, you know, the the, the big bonus there. Um, other than that... I'm just going to leave it at that for now. No, I'm not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preview what I'm doing this week because it's exciting. And I was going to say it last week, but we said let's wait a week. This week I'm heading to Colorado um, at the end of the week. I'm going to Colorado, and I'm uh, going to take a tour of the Stanley Hotel, which for those of you who don't know, um, the Stanley Hotel is – uh, the scene, lots of scenes were filmed for Dumb and Dumber there. Um, it's the hotel where they make it all their way there. But more uh, pop culture related, it is the uh, setting for The Shining. So the movie The Shining was is that filmed why it's there. called The Stanley because of Stanley Kubrick? No, I believe it was The Stanley far before it was that. Okay. Um, because, because Stephen King is the one who stayed there. He's the one who wrote the story. Um, uh. and, uh, but anyway, so you can go and you can rent rooms there. Obviously you can stay there. It's really pricey. So I didn't get a room to stay there, but for $500 a night, you can get a haunted room. Nah. And it's one of like the handful of rooms that they have that are, nope. um, that have like increased paranormal activity. Like you can stay in the room. Can where you Steven, stay in the uh, room where they, came. where Harry and Lloyd stayed? Can you stay in that room? Probably. Yeah. I don't see why you couldn't. I would want to stay there. Um, That's one of the haunted rooms because Jim Carrey's career, like the ghost (laughs) of Jim Carrey's career, haunts you at night. (laughs) That's rough. Um, Patrick, so I know Luke would not be, Luke would never do this, but would you, Chandra said I couldn't go by myself and pay $500 to stay there, but would you split a night with me and stay in a haunted room? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. I think it would be so fun, and then we can go pick up Luke from the Howard Johnson down the street afterwards. That's yeah, fine. we would just um, we would have to. I mean, I would want to have like the audio gear running the whole time. Sure, absolutely. We'll get the whole. We'll we'll rent some like uh, the uh, the R F. What's it called? Yeah, infrared cameras. <laughs> yeah, infrared F. Infrared F cameras. Um, yeah, and I've, heard, I've heard. I've uh, heard drinking alcohol increases the likelihood of a haunting. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> And giving Luke so your we want to do. Well, here's what I here's what I determined too. I wouldn't want to go by myself because then all I would be doing is paying five hundred dollars to not get any sleep. Because I'd just be so scared the whole night. I'm like, what a oh, I'm paying five hundred dollars for no rest. Perfect. Um, anyway, so I'm gonna do that. It's gonna be exciting. I'm really I'm taking a tour, like I, I think I said, but um, I'm excited to hear more about the the property and the premises and the the. Uh, um, the like all the lore and stories that go along with that it's going to be super cool super neat so um that's, that's it. it for around the table right so yeah. up next calculated comics with cole oh, We like to take time to talk to our good friend from the north, Mr. Andrew Kolb, for a segment we like to call Calculated Comics with Kolb. Kolb, take us into your method. Well, uh, I guess the calculated part is the matrix, so I need a number, either one, two, or three from each of you, and that will tell me what we're going to talk about. Pardon? Great. Three. Luke, it's your turn. Three. Uh, what should I do? It's going to be new no matter what. This is new no matter what. Three, three is already new. I'll do three. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> okay. Um, so what I want to talk about today, now that you've chosen three, 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 uh, is, uh, do you remember or have any, uh, well, first, have any of you read uh, any of the Hellboy series? No. Oh, this is yes. a very appropriate uh, start. Okay, great. Uh, so the lead into this is, uh, so I want to talk about Lobster Johnson, uh, which is one of the characters introduced in the Hellboy series. Um, right. So uh, most of the stories are collected into small kind of volumes. Um, and the first volume 
is called, well, actually, I just have Lobster Johnson Volume 1 written down so I can look it up. Um, but what I want to talk about with this series is that, so it's from uh, Mike Mignola, the creator of Hellboy. Mm-hmm. This character was in Hellboy briefly uh, in one of the stories. Um, I think it was the Conqueror Worm. Um, so it follows Lobster Johnson, who is this kind of like pulpy, like 40s uh, Indiana Jones kind of style action adventure hero um, as he kind of takes on cults and plots against the world or a city um and it's just as fantastical as the kind of setting of hellboy um but with a slightly different character in the lead i believe it's called iron so prometheus talk, okay. i just want to yes. help you with that it's iron yeah, that's prometheus exactly it thank volume. you yeah so so talk to us then a little bit because i'm i'm heavily invested in the the hellboy universe um what's what's the difference like what are like what are some character differences that we would see or personality differences that we would see with lobster johnson that we wouldn't see with hellboy because that's essentially what he's doing too right he's right. fighting these mythical creatures in the in the world or like these these creatures of of lore or whatever what is what is lobster johnson what does he bring new to the, uh, to the great series? question so i think there'd be two things uh i think the threats or the sort of enemies that lobster johnson fights against is a bit smaller or a bit more human because lobster johnson okay. is a human like he's a regular guy with like equipment like he's kind of the i, well, I wouldn't go as far as the batman but uh like a civilian with gear um so he's not fighting earth-shattering demons or gods um so that'd be one difference that the stories are more i I reference indiana jones because it's more like uh, a group of nazis looking to resurrect something or a team of underground uh schemers and plotters um so it's 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 more human uh in the conflict um, I would also say that Hellboy usually, at least from the stories that I've read, are more solitary. Like, he's kind of on his own doing his thing. Um, whereas in this first volume, uh, like, Lobster Johnson is part of a team. Like, he has a crew. Um, actually, maybe a better reference would almost be, like, the Captain America movies, where he kind of has, like, uh, the sniper and the okay. uh, yeah. other teammate who does this. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. it's a team. It's more of a team-based story. <laughs> sure. Uh, there's a Hulk so, in there. Is is he a part of the like the the BPRD? Um, like that part uh, of the yeah, story? I'm trying to remember now. I think he if he is, he would have been. So I would also say this, these are like period pieces. Like uh, I don't want to give anything away to the main Hellboy story, but these okay. stories are mostly set in the 40s and 50s. Um, so time earlier than uh, kind of Hellboy's main arc. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think if he is part of BRPD, then he's a part of an earlier version, kind of like, um, the early days of shield in the first captain America movie. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah. is that ever, you're saying that it's, uh, um, you made the comparison slightly to Batman as far as the being more grounded or smaller and maybe more realistic, uh, conflict. Um, yeah. is that played to comedic effect in any way? Uh, I no, I would say it's less comedy and more I I like pulpy is the best way to describe it. Like sure. it's it's just a lot of uh, a lot of punching and a lot of just like one on one hits. Like it's not big kind of beams in the sky. It's really following each individual like sleeper holds and knocking out each individual bad guy. You you mentioned uh, at the beginning of this that it was kind of he's like the Indiana Jones mm-hmm. of of that like and that I, that's what I picture with him is even though there's this big epic world you know the world is at stake on some level with him it always kind of goes down to the guy that he has to defeat in a fist fight or some kind of hand to hand combat. Yeah, perfect. Uh, Because, like, so Raiders of the Lost Ark, like, in as much as India is trying to get this thing that will release cosmic power, like, he's still kind of stuck by this one hulking Nazi who's preventing him from getting into the plane. Like, it's, 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 there's, there is a a kind of a big scope to it, but it is still a lot more uh, kind of one on one rooted, uh, like, a grunt on the ground approach to storytelling. Um, 
So awesome. yeah, that's where it deviates. And it's all Mike Mignola. Yeah. So it's in this. It's in that uh, really contrasty, simple but very dense uh, yep. art style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he I does the it. covers. Um, I think he's done a couple. He does a couple of the issues. Some of the later volumes he doesn't, um, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, so it's it's right there with the rest of his work. Well, and you picked a good one because the book is actually on sale this week at Amazon. So we're throwing the link in the show notes if you want to pick it up. But um, yeah, it's like fifteen bucks to get the paperback, and uh, and it's you know less if you're getting the Kindle version. Yeah, and there are a few volumes with other stories, um, so it's it's nice. And I, I haven't gone into the later chapters yet, but um, it's nice to kind of collect the trades and have just kind of a, a concise, just pulpy adventure. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Rock and roll. All right. Well, uh, there you have it, everybody. Go pick up Lobster Johnson, a uh, thumbs up from our, our friend in uh, Maple Town. And he says, that's it. So you go get it. <laughs> hey, Andrew, <laughs> yeah. Andrew what, what have you been up to, man? We haven't talked to you in a while. What have you been doing? What have I been up to? I uh, have been DMing two different Dungeons and Dragons campaigns. I love it. So that's I a lot of it. time. Thank you. Uh, so that um, f- finishing up books uh, that are on. Oh, I, I mean, so if you want me to like hawk my wares, uh, yeah, so I have two books. Yeah, do yeah it. thanks. Gladly. Uh, so I have two books for pre-order. Um, my like the story that I wrote myself is called Les and Ronnie Step Out. Um, I think if you just search my name on Amazon, though, it should probably pop up, Okay. Um, which is like a, a picture book similar to my first one. Um, and then another book that's coming out is called All Aboard, uh, Let's Ride a Train, which is more of a like board book for uh, like early readers or okay. m- maybe just kind of like a first introduction to books. So it's like awesome. a train and then you get to look into each car. So it's more of a, an experiential piece than it is a, a story. But Can those I, are coming out soon. So I'm very curious. I did just look up your name on, on Amazon and you're right. <laughs> I, I see All Aboard. I see, of course, Edmund Unravels and I see Lesson Ronnie's Step Out, which I, I think probably uh, of the pieces I've seen, I, I love the direction of, of the Lesson Ronnie book. But the picture you, I mean, I see your like Amazon page for like you and it's oh, this uh, very iconic scarf photo. And I've never really heard um, how that came about because I've seen the picture. I've seen you, you know, drowning in uh, seemingly hundreds of scarves. So what, what was the uh, what was the idea behind this photo? Uh, okay. Yeah. So for the, cause I had to do an author photo for Edmund unravels for my first book. Um, so I figured, uh, that I would get something from each of my kind of close friends, um, to kind of have them kind of be a part of it since it kind of took a village to make this book. Um, so yeah. my parents and my close friends each gave me one of their scarves. Um, and then I made this giant singular scarf out of all their kind of segments, uh, and then wrapped my face in it so that way I could hide my identity. So no one knows what I actually look like, Aha. except for you three, via the magic well, of Skype. Your secret's safe with us. <laughs> Thank you. Well, perfect. Yes. I'm deleting that tweet <laughs> as we speak. Which is a screen cap of this chat. Is that <laughs> yeah, what you're showing? Uh-huh. <laughs> Great. That's, yep. People like that's weird exactly stuff. It. Totally fine. <laughs> Real peek so, behind the curtain. Tell uh, everybody where they can find what you're doing, how they can keep up to date with all of your uh, all your fun sure. stuff. You've got that like new series that you're doing right now with the the bootleg oh, yeah. buddies or <laughs> yep. Uh, well, so you can um, see any of that stuff on my any of my social media is ninety nine percent of the time uh, just Kolb is neat. Um, and, or if you just search my name Andrew Kolb, uh, then you'll probably find me. Um, yeah, and you'll see. Can I ask sure. a question? What's the other one percent? Ooh. You said 99% of the time cat, that's my, is neat. I want to know what cat, the other great. 1% so is. My, yep, so cat is neat. Oh, that's my cat. Snapchat account is go, go speed racer. Um, what else do I have? I think that's it. I think those are my accounts. So that's your that 1%. Is, yeah. okay, it's probably even less. That's but that's it. Well, thanks for, uh, for chatting with us and for bringing us another tasty bit of comic goodness. Go out and pick up Lobster Johnson now. Thank thanks. you, buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. Up next, Master Categories. <laughs> the Master Categories section of every week is when we talk about the tokens we drew the week before that give us randomly the categories that we talk about, but we have to pick our topics based on those categories. Luke? Yes. You kicked this off. No, you didn't, but so that now you will. 
Okay. I'll take it. All right. So I legitimately don't because I didn't hear much of Patrick's yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, because we talked through the first half of his yeah. and then I took my headphones <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. It feels like he just like he skipped that whole <laughs> section of the podcast. <laughs> uh, uh well, it's fine. I'll I'll take it. I had toys and games and if you saw one of the few Instagram posts I had this year from last week, you will see uh that I got a treasure chest in the mail. Um I got a game that I backed a while ago. Um it's a game by Privateer Press. They're the same company that make um, the uh, miniatures game uh, War Machine and Hordes um, that I've played before that has all the miniatures that you paint. Um, it's kind of like Warhammer. It's just a little bit different. Well, this is a game that is in that same world, um, but they have they have something called Iron Kingdoms RPG, which is kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, but set in their world. This is a game based on that. So it takes some of the characters, some of the um, sculpts from War Machines and Hordes, and uh, they put it in this game. Now, this this game is a campaign game. It's a cooperative game where uh, everybody plays together to try and figure out what is happening in the Widower's Wood. Uh, it, there's some kind of like... Uh, evil or darkness brewing and uh everybody has to work together to try and figure out what's going on and it takes place uh it's a cooperative game but it takes place as a campaign over seven sessions so it's it's not quite like a legacy game but it is um i guess a session game or a campaign game um can you remind for everybody what uh, uh, the definition of a legacy game is? Yeah, a legacy game is a game where um, whatever you do in the game is permanent. You have a bunch of choices of things you can do, and the decisions you make um, are permanent, uh, whether it's uh, things you add to the actual board or cards that you rip up or pieces that you dismiss or add or things you name or um, – Anything sure. you do it is a permanent part of the game, so everybody's game is kind of different. Um, this game would be similar because everybody will play it differently, but it's not um, it's non destructive. So you can play it multiple times with different people. It'll have the same outcome, but the way you get there might be a little different. Um, so I got this chest, and first of all, the chest itself, if you've seen the pictures, like it is, it, it's not real leather, it's like faux leather. But it's like a – it looks like a movie prop. Like they made this chest. They have uh, leather straps and then this like snakeskin kind of leather inlaid um, on it. Uh, it is awesome. It, like the hinges are all patinaed. It, it looks like uh, a, a treasure chest. Um, and then inside I got all of these sheets, all these sheets here that I had to pop out. And it came, since I got the collector's edition, it came with all of these boxes to build to store the game pieces in as you. Oh, cool. So you're, and that's like, like die cut wood. Yeah, it's die cut wood. It has all these different trays for different pieces. And the idea is now that this, this treasure chest is, the ga- is your game box. So it, comes, it came in a regular game box. It also came with expansions. Um, and a couple extra pieces with the Kickstarter um, like goals that they uh, met, and it and now you have all these pieces to uh, to to make the treasure chest your game box. And so here are some of the sculpts. Um, it's all kind of like monster creatures. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it's like a crocodile or something. Yeah, they're like uh, gator men. Uh, there's this guy that's kind of like a. A little like a snake. Now, are uh, you going to paint all these? Yeah, I'm going to paint them all. So I, I need to like, you know, finish reading the rules and kind of get an idea because you, I have a. There's like red ones and purple ones, and then there's some like white ones, um, and I'm trying to figure out like. So they mean different things. Yeah, they mean yeah, different, different things, things. So I need to know like what each one means, uh, so I know what to like paint if i need to keep like color schemes the same and stuff like that so who does this game appeal to like if someone's listening right now and they want to know like do i even take my time to look this up right um you know what i don't have the perfect answer for that uh it seems a little bit complex i i won't lie as i got it 
opened and looked at everything that came with it and all of the different board pieces, it could be probably... Like, a, ain't, ain't nobody got time for it that. It could be a little daunting <laughs> to the average game player. But if you like a little bit more complex of a game, you will love this. Like I said, it's a it's a campaign thing. So it's if you have like a weekly game night or a bi-weekly game night, it's going to be a big chunk of time for you, um, which could be fun. Um, but if you're just a casual player... You might be able to play the base game and be totally fine with that, um, but it's still set to be seven cam- seven campaign sessions. So sure, it's not a casual casual play at all. So play um, at your, play at your own risk. Dive in at your own risk. Yeah, and it, now if it's if it's anything like their other games and how um, their their combat system works in War Machine and Hordes, it's super fun. It's a lot of dice rolling, a little bit of math. Um, so if you don't like adding stuff up, you won't that like does it. Sounds super fun. You roll dice and there's math. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, they make good products. Everything is quality. Um, Do you and think they- there was, so this, this, uh, this kind of begs a cool question. So there's, uh, <laughs> I, I, I need an answer from you, Luke. There's uh, the pitch at which you came into this conversation, Patrick is <laughs> astounding to me. You can just uh, tell this, uh, this, that this, I'm, this. I'm ready. <clears throat> there's uh Okay. There's a show called Radio Lab. It's it's one of it's one of the podcasts that I really enjoy. And there's an episode. Um, I think it's called the Rumble in the Bunghole. And okay. the idea is that they're like trying to can't trick wait to hear people. where you're going with this. Well, they're trying to trick people into uh, eating um, pig anus okay. by telling them it's calamari. So they're trying to cook it in such a way to fake them into mm-hmm. believing it is calamari. Mm-hmm. It's actually it's a great episodes. It's absolutely worth a, a listen. Uh huh. So that being said. Looking at this game and yeah. the fa- and like all the stuff that's attached. Is this and game pig anus? Is that what I'm you're getting at? I'm just saying, like, <laughs> is it possible to like really be selling the idea of just like doing accounting, but like package it as though it's a game and someone actually no. ends up with like no, no, no. <laughs> you get your business degree by the end of the seven <laughs> sessions. I, I yeah. thought I thought I was just playing a game, but now I'm a, like a personal accountant. You <laughs> yeah. know, well, I'm a well, licensed CPA. professional. <laughs> interesting uh no i it's not it's not made i might have sold the complexity oversold the complexity it's not that complex just like any um more in-depth game there are rule mechanics that you have to learn and if you're not so you don't have to have an undergraduate's degree in no not at all not at all okay uh but if you're not used to dice rolling mechanics and how like uh player stat uh player stats uh are affecting the dice rolls if you're not used to that kind of mechanic it will be uh a little bit to learn as you are rolling dice Uh, but but to be fair that is your uh college background (laughs) yeah statistics and math that's what i did (laughs) yeah Uh you can tell by my life (laughs) well you would have never done something (laughs) stupid like become a beautician right (laughs) (laughs) no that would be dumb he was a cosmopolitan. <laughs> I'm very cosmopolitanism. <laughs> yeah, certified. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it, you can check it out if you go to privateerpress.com uh, or just Google Widower's Wood game. You'll find all kinds of stuff on it. Um, I'm yeah. afraid that maybe some people just miss this. Lucas is an actual beautician. Yeah, like yeah, he he's would, a licensed cosmetologist. Yep. It's like my favorite thing to tell people. I just wanted to make sure that someone's not listening. No, going your like, favorite thing to tell people is that I got fired. Your second favorite <laughs> thing to tell people is that Patrick or that Luke that's is a beautician. True. I just wanted to make Luke sure that I someone quit. Andrew got fired isn't listening. That's a beautician <laughs> and was just like, "Wow, these a holes really hate beauticians." No, no, Luke co- just yeah, is managing one. cosmetologist. Yeah. That's me. Yeah, Luke just is an a hole. Also, he's a cosmetologist. <laughs> and he's a cosmopolitan. <laughs> I'm a cosmopolitan a hole. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, we've got. Does off that the mean rails. that you're gonna go to space? Yeah, <laughs> that's a cosmonaut a hole. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> and I thought no, that's a cosmonaut black hole. That's what that oh. is. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's too many holes. All right, who are you throwing it to? <laughs> you. Did you <laughs> say those two pickles? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine a context for that. Okay. Someone um, come up with a context and just tweet it at us where it would make sense to respond, those two pickles. Hashtag those two pickles, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just tag us in it. Um, so I uh, – now that's all I can think about is like how that – like you going to eat your cornbread or – 
those two pickles. <laughs> like that's the way it goes on in my head. Anyway, <laughs> that's the um, one you came up with. That's just what I. That's just what I. You know. I, you know. I just think of these things. I just think of these things. Like a hat that goes. Bee-hoo. And the two cucumbers live happily ever after. Happily after. Yep. Hashtag those two pickles. Good lord! This episode will never air. Okay, we. Um, if we keep, if we so, keep at this rate, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh i got the tv and film token last week and i'm excited because this week um it kind of worked out perfectly for me because uh, i was able to do something fun uh this weekend we got an advanced screening of the new film baby driver which is edgar wright's new film and if you're in, unfamiliar with edgar wright he did other films like uh, hot fuzz Shaun of the dead um scott pilgrim um, gosh, there's a couple other ones too. I'm, I'm blanking right this second. End of the world. Uh, end of the world. Yep. World's um, end. World's him. end. That's what it is. That's what it is. Not the end of the world. Um, but anyway, he is, uh, a, an actor out of the UK and he did, oh, he did Ant-Man too. That's like yeah. the one that's like weird. It like, it sticks out to me. Like, oh, he also did this Marvel movie in the middle of all this stuff. You know, just um, this little one. Yeah, uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> you are something special. Um, but uh, but Baby Driver. So this is a film about, I'm not going to say any spoilers. Um, I got the opportunity to go at Alamo Drafthouse, and they actually um, had us all shut off our phones when we first walked into the theater um, because the film doesn't technically come out until, uh, if you're listening to this on record day, there might be some showings in your area tonight, um, but otherwise it releases uh wide the wide release is wednesday um but it's uh it's a film about this this kid who is a professional driver he's a professional getaway driver for some bad dudes and um you don't know why based on the the commercial so i won't say any of that stuff but he's essentially um trying to get out of this life uh his boss is kevin spacey um, and some of the people that he associates with are Jamie Foxx, John Bernthal, and John Hamm, um, among others. But um, he's this like insanely skilled driver. Now, there's a quirk about him, and that's he's always wearing headphones. And you don't, I don't think they tell you what that's all about in the commercial. But he's always listening to music. Like it, music is, he literally has a soundtrack to his life. In the preview, um, they say all they say is he had an accident. As a kid, and now he's got a hum in the drum. That's there all you, you go. hear. Okay, yeah. right. So yeah, he has this disorder based on an accident that he was in when he was a, when he was a child. Um, so he he listens to music to drown out the the constant buzzing and humming in his ear, and it's an actual disorder um, that actually Edgar Wright had for two years hmm. uh, when he was younger. So he like, actually is it tinnitus? From, is that what it is? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I couldn't remember the name of it, but that's it. And he, uh, so he, he listens to these headphones, and he he's just this amazing driver. He's trying to get out. Um, there's there's this this sense that it's kind of a general like heist movie, um, and you get that from the commercials. But it's got a little bit of a twist to it. Uh, I'm like I'm blown away by this film. I went in with very high expectations. It's got a 98 percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It's a very very highly. Uh, a highly rated and and uh, the the critics have just raved about it. On top of that, it's very highly anticipated because um, people love Edgar Wright's stuff. Um, his movies that he comes out with are just they're always kind of these groundbreaking type things. He's been working on this movie for almost two decades. Um, he's had he had the idea originally for this movie two decades ago. Uh, started writing it about ten years ago, uh, and he wrote this film entirely by himself. Like this is this is a, he wrote it and directed it, um, and it was really interesting. After the film was over, I got the opportunity to uh, do a Q and A with with Edgar, um, with all you know we was it, it was like being live streamed. Okay, yeah, it was being live streamed from uh, the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn, um, where they pre you know where they. Pre, uh, premiered the movie and he um he had some really interesting stuff to talk about the whole movie the, the soundtrack to this film is jam-packed it's like a two disc set like it's i mean there's a song constantly and the way that they do the filming of this movie um all the scenes happen to the beats of the song mm. like it's insane how they choreographed this this film it's incredibly unique it's shot really really well um and uh and it's just it's this this 
really magnificent feat. But it was cool to listen to him tell some stories about that. He was working on this film while James Gunn was working on Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And I guess they're buddies. But so they would go back and forth and say, hey, they didn't want to tell each other what songs they were using in mm. the film, mm-hmm. but they wanted to make sure they weren't using the same song so that no one was stealing the other person's thunder. Sure. And so they'd be like, do you have anything by so and so? They wouldn't say what song or what album. Would you, do you have anything by so and so? No. Do you have anything from so and so? No. So they would just go back and forth. That's cool. And make sure they didn't use any of the same artists because both of those movies have like the music is so much a key part of the film. Sure. Um, so it's just re- it was really neat to to be able to see that the acting in this film was incredible. The story was very unique and different. Um, you you absolutely love uh, the good guys and you absolutely hate the bad guys. Um, it's it's just really really well done and and I, I can't say enough about it uh, except go see it I mean you want to go see this one in films for or in the theaters for sure uh, I wouldn't wait until this comes out on iTunes or um, whatever your streaming platform is um, go see it in theaters it's definitely worth a watch um, I give it a nine out of ten for sure awesome so you know the yep. the preview wasn't very exciting to me. It felt it felt a bit uh, cookie cutter and, and honestly kind of lame. But that being said, I also recognize that uh, many times the preview is not representative of the final film, I, and I am uh, I'm very yeah. excited to see it. I this, think this final. Go ahead. Oh, just to answer that question um, or to to respond to that, there's so much about this film that you don't that you just can't know from the from the commercial. Yeah, that it makes it exciting to discover that stuff as the film goes along. There's some beats that are. You know, there's some there's some beats that you that are predictable. You know, like in any heist movie, there are some beats that are predictable. Um, but like one of the funny, in- interesting stories is that J- that uh, John Hamm is in this film, and he actually didn't even want to be billed on the movie. Like he didn't want he didn't want people to know that he was in it until they showed up to see it, and then he, there he was. Sure. Um, and he he holds quite a large part in this film. So when I first heard that, I thought, oh, he must just have a cameo. But no, I mean he's he's huh. in it. So um, it's really it's just yeah it's really interesting. Uh, go see it. What uh, were you gonna say, Luke? Well, I was gonna kind of echo what Patrick said when I first saw it. I I wanted to see it because I like Edgar Wright, but I think I had some of the same feelings, and I think it for me it was because it didn't seem like anything new. Like the trailer ver- felt very Edgar Wright. Like you see the some of the whip pans, some of the like quick cut kind of like uh, his camera mm-hmm. work. And so it was like, oh, this is just more of the same. I still am excited to see it because I just like how he tells stories and how he puts a film together. But yeah, I had the same feeling I think that Patrick had initially where it was like, oh, okay. I was expecting more maybe, but. Yeah, I, well, it, so the cinematography is done by, I believe his name is Bill Pope. Um he, uh, it's Pope. I know that's his last name. Bill might not be his first name, but he's the cinematographer and he's worked on a couple of other projects with him too. So if you are, you know, that, that quick, that snappy kind of, uh, quick pan stuff, um, it's because he's literally working with the same crew who has worked on some of his other stuff. So, um, that carries its way over. It, it's funny, you know, uh, he was, he told the story about Jamie Foxx. They, someone asked the question about how much, um, with the dialogue and the pacing of this film, like of his films in general, but this film specifically, the pacing of it's very high octane um, and it's very back and forth. And with actors like Kevin Spacey, who's like a genius at that. Sure. Um, you know, just look at, you know, um, Underwood as, you know, House of Cards is an example. He's just, he's perfect at that. He plays that character so well. Um, they asked how much, room was there for like ad-libbing and that kind of stuff. And he said there was very little room, but that Jamie Foxx got a couple of ad-libs in um, and a couple of them made it to the movie because they were just perfect. And one of them was at some point he, he looks over to somebody and he says, um, who's like putting on who he realizes is he's not maybe telling him the truth. Mm. And he says, man, that's some Oscar right there. Or that's Oscar word. That's some Oscar worthy right there is what he says. And, um, he Edgar kept that in because Jamie Foxx is an Oscar winner, and for him to kick that kick that out, there's this whole bit about, um, uh, oh my gosh, what are a couple of famous um, female 
singers. That's really generic. That's not what I mean. Like uh, Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand also <laughs> suffers. I mean, Barbara Martina Streisand. McBride is my go-to, but go ahead. <laughs> Barbara Streisand also suffers from tinnitus, and that comes up in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, there's a really funny, a really funny scene about that with Jamie Foxx, uh, especially going into that scene knowing that Jamie Foxx and Barbara Streisand are actually really good friends. Hmm. Um, so when you go see the film, keep that in mind. It was just really fun. Um, the film, the film was fun. It was different, and uh, and it was really, really good. So. Go check it out and let us know what you think. If you think I'm completely wrong, um, just don't tell me about it. <laughs> Luke, Luke will do that enough for me, so it's just, we're going to be fine. All right, Patrick, I'm going to toss it over to you. This week I got art and design, and um, I'm talking about uh, a game. It's a game, but it's a game with a very I minimalistic like design. I know. It's just <laughs> here's what you've all learned by now. We're just going to do what we want. <laughs> That's it. We know that how to spin it. Andrew was going to talk about his early screening of Baby Driver, no matter what category he had. <laughs> We're fine yeah, with that. I was going to talk about the design of the movie poster, if that's what I got. <laughs> I was going to yeah, talk about the game, Hot the, Wheels toys, and then yeah. how like, you had the car when you were younger. Actually, like, actually I knew actually, it. There, there, there's, some, there's some actual ties to that I could have pulled in if I really wanted to. See, that's, and that's see what I'm saying. So, film. like... So, like, it's going to happen. So, I'm talking about a game called Black Box. Now, uh, again, very minimalistic design. This is for, um, I know it's for iOS. I don't think it's for Android. It's just for iOS right now. And uh, it's billed as a refreshingly oppressive puzzle app. Now, I've gone ahead and I've put the link in the show notes. And I've also put a link to the press kit. The press kit goes more in depth. Uh, about like a lot of the the awards and stuff that the game has won, and uh, there's some videos about it stuff. But to give you an idea, it's been it's had over three million downloads. It's the number one ranked free game, um, and then it's it's got like I think literally like hundreds of awards from different countries for being uh, a number one game. But basically, um, this is a game that you have to solve puzzles without using touch. All the puzzles are going to respond to one of the sensors on your phone but not to actually like touching the screen so that's the idea behind it so for instance your phone um i'll I'll run through some of the examples i mean your phone can it has gps so that's going to figure into one of the puzzles um it it has a flashlight that's going to figure in it's got a it's got a gyro so it can tell which um way the phone is oriented that's going to figure in um it's got audio ports it's got heat sensors like your phone has all of these things and and in fact i'll say this when you start playing the game you're gonna realize like oh holy holy wow this is like tracking a lot of my movements um but basically through the way that you interact with your phone not through touch but through using the sensors on the phone um that's gonna allow you to solve puzzles and i think there's something like um pretty close to like 60 puzzles in the game right now and um and a lot of them unlock as you go. And of course, I think there's probably a few that you can maybe pay for. Or I think as you go, you can earn credits and open them for free. But it's, uh, you know, they, they use the uh, phrase, think outside the phone. And that's really what it is. So there are some visual cues on the screen. So you'll may, depending on how much you can infer, you might have an idea of how to approach it. But some of this stuff is just... It's out there. I mean, one of the puzzles is uh, based on um, the position of the sun in the atmosphere, like in the sky, and you have to like, I, I don't know, you ha- I don't want to give away what you have to do, but the point is like, it, it's some of it involves like the moon's state because wow. again, these are these are all things that the phone is bringing in constantly, and so you have to rely on it to solve some. So of the it puzzles. pulls some data of- from like other like standard apps in the phone too. Like yeah, for I mean, like I, weather and calendar and stuff like that. Things that would be built into the iPhone, right. yes. Right. And um, and some of the puzzles can be solved in a matter of seconds. Some of the puzzles uh, honestly might take you a few months before you can solve. Oh. Uh, because you'll realize what you need to do, and it's not something you can just go out and do right now. Wow. Uh, like There's literally one of the puzzles I know that right now I cannot solve till we go to reimagine. Um, and it's just, it's bizarre to think about. And so anyway, it's really cool. It's called black box on iOS. Uh, it is sure to frustrate you. Try, there are walkthroughs that'll tell you what to do everywhere. Okay. So I have two questions then. Yeah, go ahead. How, how far are you? Uh, I've maybe done 75% of the levels. So if there's 60, you've done like 
40 or 38? Well, I might have been wrong on the number. Um, and, and let me say this. What will happen is you might have three squares. So it's like three levels. Totally but wrong, the, by the way. No, it's fine. <laughs> you might have three um, squares, these like three levels, but they all pertain to like a common theme. Okay. So like once you solve one, you can pretty quickly solve the others. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I've probably checked off like 30 squares, something like that. Okay. And then second question, have you had to look up answers or have you looked up answers? I so I had so I had two people I was kind of working with and we were kind of figuring out as we went. Uh-huh. Um I will say that the there were probably the last 5 levels I was just finally like I just want to know. Nah. I just want to know. Right. And uh and I'll tell you some of it there's abs- I don't know how anyone would figure it out. I mean obviously someone did, but I have no idea how anybody would. It's nice. uh it's pretty crazy and I it is killing me to not give some of the levels away right now, but I mm-hmm. do want to preserve the experience for I you. I just downloaded it, so I will be checking it out as soon as yeah, I Yeah, it's just... So it doesn't, it doesn't have a hint system built in then. It's not like... Uh, it's their visual hints. I mean, like, the reason I mentioned the sun in one is because literally you see... Like, if you've ever looked at one of the uh, sunrise, sunset, like, you'll see it a lot for, like, the fishing forecast for the day, sure. and it'll show, like, the wave of the sun, like, yeah. rising and then setting... Um, there's a level that you just see that. So you know it pertains to sunlight. And then the way the boxes are arranged on the level, you assume that, like, you have to, like, open the that panel whenever the sun is at, like, different spots on the... Uh, yeah. So, like, you can infer, based on the visual and based on, like, what you kind of know your phone's capability is or, like, the way they lay out some of the boxes and stuff, you can, like, infer some of it. There is a hint system. Like, if you want to spend credits... They will give you hints, but the hints are also pretty vague. Now, you start with something like 10 credits, Mm -hmm. so you can go ahead and get a few hints. Um, But, uh, again, the hints are still pretty vague. So just because you spend the credit and get the hint doesn't mean you're going to automatically be able to solve it. Um, So it just – you will have moments where if you can just imagine, um, you know, the uh, – uh, Zoolander banging on the iMac <laughs> like it's in the computer. It's in the computer. <laughs> you are going to absolutely have that moment with your phone multiple times. Uh, and you're going to feel like an idiot, but you're going to keep doing it. So yeah, so Black Box, frustrating. iOS, uh, just go download it. It's, cool. it's a lot of fun. It'll drive you insane. So that is it. Well, that's it for this episode of the Master of One Podcast. You can find us over at mofonepodcast.com for show notes and links to all the stuff we just talked about. You can find us on our Slack channel. Just go to mofonepodcast.com slash Slack. There's so many incredibly cool people in there um, day in and day out who are doing the same kinds of stuff you're doing it's a great community join it there um, and be a part of the conversation you can also find us on social media just search m of one podcast on all the different platforms you'll find us there talk with us we want to be your friend Um, and then you subscribe when you subscribe to the show um man it's a whole new world (laughs) i don't know what i was gonna say there but just shines a bit brighter birds (laughs) chirp a bit louder yeah everything smells because you (laughs) because you know you know you'll never miss an episode. And now with our new schedule, Tuesdays and Thursdays, you don't even have to remember that. If you just subscribe, we could change the schedule whenever we want, and it'll just you'll get it. This is a good pitch. Anyway, after you've subscribed to the show, Patrick, what do you do? Uh, sleep easy. And then also rate and review. Just yeah. uh, take a few minutes. No, not even minutes unless you're – thinking too hard about it leave us a comment uh leave us some stars we're gonna read whatever you leave however many stars uh, you can do episode. just do the most yeah <laughs> just the most stars because the time you're listening to this this could be 20 years in the future and they might have a 20 rating now yeah we don't, definitely don't want to pigeonhole ourselves um the other thing <laughs> is i would like to say that we talked about edgar Wright earlier in the show let that be a tease for what's coming on thursday yeah yep we're gonna talk to edgar yeah, Wright. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is what that sounds like. Maybe, maybe just back Not off quite. a little Tease. bit. I, this is how the professionals do it. Everybody, I'll, I'll give you a hint. It will still be a filmmaker. How about that? It, it's a okay. filmmaker. Yeah, and we will talk about Edgar Wright. And he has talked to er- Edgar Wright. Yes, he's talked to Eric. <laughs> 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 He's probably talked to Eric I Wright too. I imagine. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even get that. Hey, why don't out we just go? Face. That's a great idea. Find us on Patreon to support the show if you want more of this or if you want this to get better. 
Um, support the show uh, financially go to patreon.com slash m of one podcast you can become a patron for as little as one dollar on the blooper level where you get an episode every, uh, every month that's just full of this honestly this so I don't <laughs> Um, but just so much ridiculousness and then access to our special, uh, patron Slack channel, uh, which is a lot of fun where you get, uh, early access yeah. to, to news and things that drop, um, go to Patreon, support this. It's, it's a good thing. Um, it helps us out a lot. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get out of here for now because, uh, our brains have stopped functioning. I'm Andrew. I'm Patrick. And I'm Luke. Peace out. Bye. Hold on to your butts. Like a jingle here, jingle. Right? Dun, 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 dun. You can do the Canadian, Canadian national anthem. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> now is that just like geese, like a it is. squawking? It is. <laughs> it's just the sound of maple pouring out of the tree. Sound. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Was, was the undercurrent was just the flow of maple syrup oh. being poured. <laughs> Your <laughs> yeah, either that, that means it's a perfect um, joke or a terrible joke. <laughs> oh, I, I say perfect. You're blowing my Thank mind. You. Yeah, I concur. All right, so we like to talk to Andrew Cole about comics, and he has a method. <laughs> <laughs>